Good morning. Our first reading is from the book of Job, chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. But ask the animals, and they will teach you, the birds of the air, and they will tell you. Ask the plants of the earth, and they will teach you, and the fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of every human being. Our second reading is from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 10 through 18. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to the strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Good morning. Our contemporary reading this morning is A Sense of Wonder by Rachel Carson. A child's world is fresh and new and beautiful, full of wonder and excitement. It is our misfortune that for most of us, that clear-eyed vision, that true instinct for what is beautiful and awe-inspiring is dimmed and even lost before we reach adulthood. If I had influence over the good fairy, who is supposed to preside over the christening of all children, I would ask that her gift to each child in the world would be a sense of wonder, so indestructible that it would last throughout life as an unfailing antidote against boredom and disenchantments of later years, against the sterile preoccupation with things that are artificial and the alienation from our sources of strength. What is the value of preserving and strengthening this sense of awe and wonder, this recognition of something beyond the boundaries of human existence? Is, it the, ex is the exploration of the natural world just a pleasant way to pass the golden hours of childhood, or is there something much deeper? I am sure that it is something much deeper, something lasting and significant. Those who dwell, as scientists or laymen, among the beauties and mysteries of the earth are never alone or wary of life. Whatever the vexations or concerns of their personal lives, their thoughts can find paths that lead to inner contentment and to renewed excitement in the living. Those who contemplate the beauty of the earth find resources of strength that will endure as long as life lasts. There is symbolic as well as actual beauty in the migration of birds, the ebb and flow in of tides, and the folded bud ready for spring. There is something indefinitely healing in the repeated reframes of nature, 
the assurance that dawn comes after night and that spring comes after the winter. Sunday greetings. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Natalie Becker. My husband Bob and I are the co-directors of Outdoor Ministries and the resident camp managers here at Camp Adams. Thank you for the invitation to join you in worship this morning and I'd like to welcome you to the Camp Adams Outdoor Chapel. Last summer, the summer of 2019, our team of volunteer youth camp session directors and I tweaked our approach to our daily camp schedule in ways that gave our campers longer stretches of time outdoors in the beautiful, mature forests of Camp Adams. The idea was that each day campers would be immersed in one of four habitats, meadows, trails, trees, and creeks. And then on Friday, our fifth and final full day of camp, we would spend the day celebrating our time together in community with each other and with the entirety of God's creation. This morning, rather than have you watch me as I deliver my message, we are going to spend some time together through the magic of video in each of these four natural spaces at Camp Adams. Meadows, trails, trees, and creeks. During their time in each of the four habitats, campers participate in a range of activities. Nature lessons, like going on a micro hike, have them on their hands and knees with magnifying glasses, exploring the wonders of the world beneath the blades of grass in the meadow. Games like camouflage have them hiding from each other in plain sight along the edges of trails. Campers participate and faith development discussions about how scripture uses the imagery and metaphor of trees to give us insight into the holy. We lead them through creative activities that give campers time to sit still and try to capture in verse or in sketch the steady and soothing movement of water over the rocks in the creek. The idea is to engage as many of their senses as possible as they explore these habitats. The idea is to have campers do as we are instructed to do in this week's passage from Job. Listen to animals, to the birds of the air, to the plants of the earth, and to the fish of the sea, and to learn from them about the web of connections that God uses to breathe life into all of creation. Last year, we sought to immerse campers in the tall grasses of a meadow, or the mud along a creek bed, or within the limbs of a fallen tree, or along the meandering turns of a trail in such a way that they would be able to appreciate and perceive more fully the complex web of life that surrounds them in each and every space, and to leave them with a sense of belonging to this intricate connection of life in God's creation. The reading from Romans this morning reminds us that we live in community. We live in connection and that our faith calls us to not only recognize this connection, to, but to respect it through behavior. Scripture calls us to honor one another above ourselves, to be patient with one another, to be hospitable, to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, 
to live together in peace and harmony, and to be devoted to one another in love. What we refer to as habitats might be more accurately, from a scientific perspective, called ecosystems. And the perception of nature as a system of relationships, a system of connections of which human beings are a part, is key to our confronting the realities of climate change and environmental degradation. And I would argue is the perspective through which any solutions to the crisis will ultimately be found. In his prologue to Sand County Almanac, Aldo Leopold wrote, we abuse land because we regard it as a commodity belonging to us. When we see land as a community to which we belong, we may, may begin to use it with love and respect. There's no other way for land to survive. We abuse land because we regard it as a commodity belonging to us. When we see land as a community to which we belong, we may begin to use it with love and respect. There is no other way for land to survive. When we listen to the furs at Camp Adams, this is what they teach us. Matthew 18:20 For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them. I am among them. I've often thought that this verse could be understood to mean that God exists in the space between, not in you or me, but in the connection between us and in the connection between us and all of creation. This ecological or systems perspective has relevance to more than just our faith communities work together on matters of eco-justice. Racial justice demands us to perceive, confront, and act to dismantle human systems of race. Racial justice lies not in changing the behaviors of individuals, but changing the pattern behaviors of communities that have existed for so long and in so many ways that they have become systemic structures of oppression. And preserving life in the face of a global pandemic requires us to understand how viruses cross from animal to humans through environmental systems, and then from human to human through systems of physical interaction. We are connected. Healthy systems are able to sustain life. Unhealthy systems are not. When we listen to the furs at Camp Adams, this is what they teach us. I'd like to close with a reading from the prologue of Richard Powers' novel, The Overstory. First, there was nothing. Then there was everything. Then in a park above a western city after dusk, the air is raining messages. A woman sits on the ground, leaning against a pine. Its bark presses hard against her back as hard as life. Its needles scent the air, and a force hums in the heart of the wood. Her ears tune down to the lowest frequencies. The tree is saying things in words before words. 
It says sun and water are questions endlessly worth answering. It says a good answer must be reinvented many times from scratch. It says every piece of earth needs a new way to grip it. There are more ways to branch than any cedar pencil will ever find. A thing can travel everywhere just by holding still. The woman does exactly that. Signals rain down around her like seeds. Talk runs far afield tonight. The bends in the alders speak of long ago disasters. Poplars repeat the wind's gossip. Persimmons and walnuts set out their bribes and rowans their blood red clusters. Ancient oaks wave prophecies of future weather. The several hundred kinds of hawthorn laugh at the single name they're forced to share. Laurels insist that even death is nothing to lose sleep over. Something in the air's scent commands the woman. Close your eyes and think of Willow. The weeping you see will be wrong. What hovers right above you? What floats over your head right now? Trees even farther away join in. All the ways you imagine us. Bewitched mangroves up on stilts, a nutmeg's inverted spade, gnarled Baja elephant trunks are always amputations. Your kind never sees us whole. You miss the half of it and more. There's always as much above and below ground as above. That's the trouble with people, their root problem. Life runs alongside them, unseen, right here, right now. Creating the soil, cycling water, trading in nutrients, making weather, building atmosphere, feeding and caring and sheltering more kinds of creatures than people know how to count. A chorus of living wood sings to the woman. If your mind were only a slightly greener thing, we'd drown you in meaning. The pine she leans against says, listen, there's something you need to hear.